Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.com. Dot net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks, I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh, yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh, yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials, so we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with Smart Ass Undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart Ass Undies. Cheeky and comfy. This is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome back, everybody. There we go. All right, we got a guest today. Well, as promised, yes. we have our guest, our esteemed guest from the Escape to Miami mm-hmm. lifestyle event, the lovely and talented Taylor Sparks. He's here. Hi, yeah. Taylor. Hello, Taylor. Hello. How are you guys? We're great. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I love to be had. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you guys, you guys don't even know how much of a treat this is going to be yet. So. <laughs> We're excited for you. Yeah. Yep. So Taylor, can you please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Taylor Sparks, also known as Maddie Botha. I am an erotic educator and sex goddess from my business, OrganicLovin.com. And Organic Lovin specializes in improving adult sexual health and wellness, enhancing their sex life through our organic intimate body products, body safe sex toys, erotic educational seminars and coaching, and sex positive books and luxury adults only vacations. Yeah, that's it. You're a busy, busy, busy woman. (laughs) I'm working on staying busy all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. We were talking about this after we got back from Miami, Taylor, about how you got involved with the crew that put on the hotel takeover event. Is this something that you do regularly? Was this a new in kind of partnership or endeavor? How about just how she got into any of it? Just into all of it. 
Well, let, like, let's start. There. Oh, sure. Start you know there. what? Let's start at the beginning then. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. I'm okay. curious. How did you become Taylor Sparks? Sex goddess. Sex goddess. Because <laughs> that's a great title to have. Great business card. Yeah. It's a fun title. So let's see. This started when, um, so I was in this wonderful 25-year marriage. 12 years into the marriage, we opened up the marriage. We were initially open and then kind of back in the swinging. And we started going to events, flurry events at Tito and Desire. And then we started producing our own events. And right at first, one of our first or second events, our group overlapped the day with Pepe and Claudia, who own uh, Luxury Life that Vacation Clubs. And we got introduced to them. And, they were, and Pepe was like, where do you live? We're like, oh, North Carolina. He's like, really, where? Like, oh, small town outside of Raleigh. It's like, really? Where? I said, Fuquay Verena. And he started to laugh. I said, you know what? He goes, we live in Apex. So we ended up living 20 minutes from each other door to door. So you guys do events? We said, yeah. I said, well, we do events. We have an affiliate program. You should, you know, when we get back, we should all sit down and have lunch and figure out how to work together. I said, okay. So we actually started traveling with them and being part of the customer service team within that year. And a couple of years in, so Claudia is a um, is a breast cancer survivor, and she had a breast cancer survivor foundation for women who are currently in treatment. And I started uh, presenting with her because I my background is certified in holistic aromatherapy and human behavior. So I had uh, did corporate training for about fifteen years. I did talks on communication, negotiation, management, conflict resolution, et cetera. And then at that same time. When I met Pepe and Claudia, I had an organic skincare company for athletes, specifically elite endurance athletes. So we sponsored races, we sponsored marathoners, triathletes, we sponsored five different Olympians for both the winter and summer Olympics. So we were doing that. And then we kind of branched off and started doing our grown and sexy crew doing events when we met Pepe and Claudia. So about a year or two in, they hired me to do a private label line of organic massage oils and body washes for their escape brand, which is what was a part of the Miami event. So I developed this line. We launched it, but when we launched it, we realized we had no place to sell it because I had an organic, I mean, I had an organic skincare company and they had a travel agency. And, but during the time I was traveling with them, I realized that the vendors on the cruises and the hotel takeovers, they were just selling just really shitty products um, with a lot of chemicals in them that just not only were not good for the skin, but they were even worse for the vagina or the anus. So, and nobody was educating people in a lifestyle about healthy, intimate body products. So with a little bit of love and, and support from Pepe and Claudia, I launched Organic Loving. And I started with their four products. So I no longer am a manufacturer. Now I am a reseller, but I started with their four products. Now we sell over 1,300 products. We represent over 250 brands and we ship worldwide. We shipped wow. to 48 countries last year. So that is how Organic Lovin' started. It will be 10 years old in October. Nice. Wow. And so I started, you know, traveling with them. So I traveled with them for the first couple of years, but I also realized that just standing behind a table at some of these events was not going to do a lot to educate the clients. So I thought it would be best to do the seminars, having my background in corporate training you know, I know adults learn best with humor. So the very first seminar I launched was how to make good pussy better. 
So people come running to the class and learn a new technique. And I'm like, this is why you should be using organic glue. And this is why <laughs> condom, vegan condoms are best for you. Like vegan, yeah, vegan condoms are better for you. So I just kind of started scouring, you know, the earth, if you will, looking for brands that didn't test on animals, didn't have any chemicals in them. And, uh, and started putting those brands on my site. So I cultivate every product that goes onto my site and, and, I, and look for brands that not only don't have chemicals or don't test on animals, but also brands that are, that are looking to do something better for their community, whether that community is near or far. So some of the brands are small, some of them are big. Um, I love working with companies that I know that you'll never find them like on on some of the bigger uh, stores, retailers, because they're too small. So these artisan brands like uh, Esculta, their cock rings are amazing. I get them out of Greece. Right outside of Toronto, there was a guy I used to crack. I used to bring on his uh, his hand blown glass butt plugs. Wow. We got to find that guy. Mm -hmm. The most amazing glass butt plugs ever. And I'm like, you could be making vases. (laughs) (laughs) But butt plugs, that was the thing. Hand-blown butt plugs. And they all have flowers inside and the flowers are also hand-blown. Wow. There is nothing like a glass butt plug. Nothing. Yes. Yes. And his his blood uh, plugs are amazing. And um, so, yeah, I started just bringing all kinds of wonderful product on board and it's just expanded over the last 10 years and so traveling with Pepe and Claudia and then they were introducing me to other event producers and I think by right before COVID 2019 I think I did 11 events wow for you know I do Pepe and Claudia LLV I do Nadia New Orleans I've done Bliss Cruise outside of the lifestyle I do uh, present at Sex Expo in New York Taboo Sex Expo up in up in Toronto I think it is mm-hmm. taboo up in Canada. I presented at Desire, Keto, Chick, just you know, friction parties up and down the East Coast. So yeah, I present pretty much any and everywhere, and then the whole, some other small individual events here and there that I've done. So yeah, it's 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 been good. It's been fun. I love what I do. I get to travel the world and talk about pussy. <laughs> I'm in. Well, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, I'm in. He said, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. It was like, and you know what? As soon as she said, how to make good pussy better, my first thought was add more pussy. Like add more, more, more pussy. (laughs) It's really obvious that you love what you do. We talked on our last episode about how your workshops at this event were the best part of the experience for us. Oh. Yes. And I know that was true. I've actually spoken to someone else that was at the event and she agreed with me. And she was actually talking about how she bought one of your books and was reading one of your books. I think it was. I wrote My book um, has just come out in the last couple of weeks. My book is called An African-American Guide to Ethical Non-Monogamy. That's the one. That's the one that she's got. So she's very excited to read that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) She was very excited. We wanted to ask you a few questions about the three different workshops that you did and because we talked about them at length in our last episode and we kind of wanted to get your take on how that went and if the experience that we had was unique or if this is something that you see a lot so the first thing i wanted to ask you just in general about the the workshops if you do this similar ones at each event 
And what is the attendance like at your workshops? Because I was personally super disappointed about our groups being fairly small compared Mm -hmm. to how many people were actually registered at the event. So can you speak to that at all? Yeah. So different events will have different attendance, right? The Miami event for LLV is a party. It's party, 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 funk, party, 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 funk, party, 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 I sleep a little bit, wake up, eat a little bit, party, party, funk. Mm-hmm. Yep, we got that. Yep. <laughs> right. So the fact that anybody showed up, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> because when anybody shows up, it's like, th- I know this is something that is of interest to them. So for me, it's not, I need to have everybody show up to the event. In some of the seminars, I repeat. So some people have been, and it's what's important to those people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there really were only, so there was a hundred rooms, a couple of hundred people. There was eight. In, we had eight in, people in eight each people one. Eight people in yeah. each one. Yeah. Right, right. So that, for that smaller an event, that's not, that's not so bad. Because, in, and it's a serious subject, and you had a lot of people there who, there was, I would say, almost 50% of the people there <laughs> I knew. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what we figured. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing this 10 years. And almost 50% of the people have been in the lifestyle for some time mm-hmm. and have kind of worked out. So so the jealousy and the setting boundaries are more for some people who are relatively new mm-hmm. or just are just curious about maybe we can figure out a way to can't manage our this part of our relationship better. Because I think you guys have, I think you guys are the, had been in the longest who came into setting boundaries, except yeah. for the the last couple who came in where there was a lot of tears, they've been in longer. Mm-hmm. And they took the same seminar on the cruise. I think that was the jealousy one. Yeah. Right. So, and they had taken the jealousy one before. Oh, wow. So now when I'm on Bliss Cruise, you have 4,000 people. I could have anywhere between 60 to 100 people to 200 people in there. But 4,000. <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, but. But the comedian that night will have a thousand people in the right. auditorium. You see well, what I mean? It's not hard work to laugh. There's some work to be done in your seminars, which is something that we were really excited to do, right? Because yeah, and I think sometimes, even though I think it's erroneous thinking sometimes that oh, we've been doing this for so long, blah blah blah, we don't need to sort of look at it. And I think we were we were very excited to come to your seminars because we like to examine and maybe do a little signpost. Where are we with this? Are things mm-hmm. have things changed? Maybe you had perspectives that we hadn't thought of. And you mm-hmm. did, in fact, have perspectives that we hadn't thought of or seen. And it sparked a lot of conversation, even though that we've been doing this for a long time. And we really appreciated your approach and and your empathy and compassion for people while at the same time, not letting them get away with sort of easy bullshit type answers and just ways of thinking that are like, yeah, but have you thought about why you think like that? And personally, I really appreciated your approach to people because it was a very gentle, loving approach, but at the same time, not allowing kind of people to cop out on you like like so often happens so it was really amazing especially like the first one I was like holy shit this is awesome like the boundary setting one yes was really really powerful I think oh thank you so 
for some, for a couple that have been in, because a lot of times I don't get a chance to talk to people after the fact, you know, we have a few brief words yeah, and, and then they go on and I don't, you know, I'm assuming it's okay. I'm like, Oh, cause sometimes, you know, even though I can be empathetic, you know, sometimes I'm like, this is why I don't do therapy because, <laughs> because I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? You know, and that's not the right approach for therapy. No, that's you not know? therapy so, speak. <laughs> that's not therapy speak, you know, but I feel, but you're like, what's his name? What's his name? Dr. Phil, you know, he's like, how's that working out for you? You know, he's, he doesn't really do therapy therapy anymore because he's very like, he's such a high D type personality. But what, as I interview you, what was it <laughs> that you found, considering you have been in, in the time frame and you feel as if you've worked out, what did you find that was, that made you go, hmm, we hadn't thought about that in either of the... I think in the, I think in the jealousy talk that we were at, when the the couple that there were some, there were some tears about. Yeah, those, they start having challenges, yeah. Yeah, and looking at how on the one side, the husband had this sort of view and, you know, kind of was a little bit defensive about about his behavior and then you look at what the wife was saying and it seemed seemed so clear that she had set these things out okay we're gonna do this mm-hmm. but here are the like laid it out here are the she things was- i need and he went clear. okay and did none of them and just <laughs> right just went way past and I think for me, it was interesting to take a look at that, that somebody could communicate something that seems so clear and yet mm-hmm. was completely ignored and then mm-hmm. was surprised that there were problems. Yeah. And we didn't have the exact discussion in the previous class, but we had the discussion similar about the boundaries. We were, we were talking about her setting these boundaries. Like, I yeah. need you to do this. And this. so if she was very clear about what mm-hmm. she wanted, and I believe that he was very clear about he didn't, he was only doing it to satisfy her. So if your partner is only doing it to satisfy you, not understanding why you're yeah. asking for it, make, you're not up. going to be able to keep it up. Yeah. Which, or because he, he's tiptoeing now, mm-hmm. he's trying not to upset her. You see what I mean? So I'm not saying that he was wrong or that she's right or vice versa. But they keep setting themselves up for failure because she keeps setting these boundaries. Like, I need you to do this, this, that, and that. And he's like, yeah, okay. But he don't, instead of him going, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, because he's worried that if he, if he, I know stand up for himself is the wrong language, but if he it's expresses right what he wants and it's counter to what she wants, then they're going to be at this impasse. So it, his thing was just to be easier. Just, All right. Yeah. Okay. This is what you need. Right. All right. We'll but just do that. Do but then he doesn't so, do it anyway. I know. It's just, so a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion mm. still. I, I think what impressed me about that entire thing, number one, the way everyone else in there mm. was very good at not taking sides. We mm-hmm. were being supportive mm-hmm. without being judgmental, right? I mean, I was judging. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, in my head, I was <laughs> being head, judgmental. I was, I was like, what, what are you, you doing? Judging? But also, but also, but also... <laughs> I think it's very rare that you see both sides yeah. of something immediately. True. You hear one yeah. person talk and then you hear another person talk, maybe at a different, you know, but you could see immediately the cause and effect and, and what mm-hmm. was happening in that dynamic. But at the same time, 
you still made both of them take responsibility for what they do or don't do. And what are you going to do if that person's not going to do what they said they were going to do? Right. Why are you still here? And that was the subtle question. And that's why I don't do therapy because I'm always like, have you thought about breaking up? Like, that's that's always (laughs) that's why I'm not a a couples therapist, because, you know, there would be no more couples. Right. Because we chatted a few minutes after and I'm like, I'm not telling you to leave your man. I would never tell anybody to leave their man. No, But you have to decide why you're in the relationship. What's in it for you? You have to think about yourself, right? Your heart, your heart space. And at some point you have to say, you know, he's, we're not attached to him. Mm. So you can agree to let your partner just be who the fuck they are. And then that takes the pressure out of you trying to make them be who you want them to be. Because if you just say, I don't think I talked about this. I don't know if I, so when I, when we first got married, we were like in our thirties, right? We weren't open. I knew nothing about ethical non-monogamy. I knew nothing about it. But I said, listen to my husband. I said, listen, I don't really give a shit what time you come home. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. You know, if you have any extra time, energy or money and you feel like you need to do something, could you, you know, could you just come home before the sun comes up? If you can't get it done before the sun comes up, you probably don't need to be doing it. But, you know, we got kids and responsibilities and all that shit. But if you bring me so much as a common cold to this house, I will kill you in your sleep. But you have fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, re- and, and in 25 years, he spent the night out twice. You know what I mean? And it's like you trying to set these, these, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And every time they step over the boundary, you're like, oh, I cannot believe mm. they're going to, you cannot keep a grown person from doing what they want to do. So you have to decide, is it a border or is it a boundary? And if they cross this boundary that I've been very clear about, what am I going to do? And how do I feel about it? Is it a deal breaker for me? Mm -hmm. You know, one of my ex-partners, we had the boundaries and sleeping with others. We always used condoms. And then he met a girl that he was starting to see regularly. And about two months in, he was like, I don't want to use condoms anymore. And I'm like, but, but why? (laughs) You you need to, you need to, you need to use condoms on her. You barely know this chick. He's like, we're going to get tested. So he said, but I'm letting you know, we are going to fluid bond fuck. So now I know. Now the decision is on me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Is this a deal breaker? Or do I'm like, okay, it's your dick. Do whatever you want. You know, I want the dick. It's my dick too, but it's ultimately it's your dick. So now I can decide to either break up with him, no longer have sex with him, or he will use condoms with me. Right. Because I can only control my body. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge shift, I think, for a lot of people, shifting from controlling what their partner does to only considering what they will do based on the behavior of somebody else. And I think that's a a very healthy shift. And it's a lot, takes a lot less emotional bandwidth than constantly trying to monitor another adult human being. It's impossible to do that. Impossible. Who wants to? I don't want nobody policing me. Don't, don't, I'm not policing a grown ass person. You literally cannot keep a grown person from doing whatever it is they want to do. No. What you are asking your partner to do is take you into consideration. Mm-hmm. Dante and I were talking this week about Dan Savage talks about the zone of erotic autonomy mm-hmm. that every human being is entitled to. And I think yes. a lot of times in 
monogamous couples or even in couples that are in the lifestyle that haven't really delved too far into the work Mm. is that they forget that that exists and that you need Mm. to, you need to afford your partner that I think some people feel like when they get into a relationship that disappears and that needs to remain. Otherwise people will feel, I feel like that, that even makes behavior worse when that Mm -hmm. zone of erotic autonomy is stifled or suppressed in any way. I think it just makes everything forbidden fruit. It does. And it's the most ridiculous thing because we're still human beings with human emotions, needs, wants, and desires. And just because you partner with someone, marry someone, that doesn't go away. And just because you open your relationship, you also do not become exempt from your emotions. You are still going to have moments of happiness and sadness and joy and anger and insecurity and jealousy and what feels like love and lust. And so all of it still exists. It doesn't go away regardless of the relationship structure or the love style, ethically monogamous or ethically non-monogamous. But over the most recent 200 years, as monogamy and Christianity has kind of taken hold, you, you know, in, in monogamy now, you know, your partner is your everything. You are my life partner. You are my confidant. You are my salsa partner, uh, my accountant, my travel partner, my bidwist partner, um, my co-parenting partner. And, you know, you know, my book reading partner. It's like you cannot do anything that is on your own. And it's just like marriage was not that way before. When you look when you look at the history of marriage, it literally was. You know, your parents had a gorgeous daughter, a hundred acres of land and a hundred cows. And your family had this handsome son and 200 acres of land and 300 cows. And they realized when you two got together, the family bond would be stronger and have more power and own more land together as a family unit. And the marriage was only meant as a contract to have more kids to work the land and to have more strength in the community and more power in the community. And your marriage was not the center of your world. It was for community and your passion was not. It was a business transaction. It was a business transaction. And that was it. And that was all, all it was. And I think, well, not we've forgotten. We, we don't, we didn't ever learn that, that having that autonomy and having the ability to go hang out with the fellas or you go hang out with, or have a girl's, weekend. I used to do girlfriend getaways. And so many women were like, my husband's not going to let me go away for a weekend with him. I'm like, let you? We <laughs> took a lot out of our wedding vows. What do you mean let you? <laughs> You're a grown ass woman with your own money. What's it going to do? Divorce you when you, you know, when yeah. you go away? I mean, yeah, We're so like, stupid. Yeah. We're thinking, well, the pussy we can get while she gone. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some of them, yeah. Like yeah. you sit on you sit on the couch and scratch your balls, you know. <laughs> Don't take a shower for two days, you know, because your wife ain't home. Like shit. <laughs> yeah, but you guys brought a lot to the conversation, I thought, because when you have people of varying uh experiences, you guys are like, wait a minute now. We've been doing this for a minute, and this is how it's worked for us. So that's why I'm always glad to just have a few different variances because then I'm not, you know, the know-it-all because you guys are like, hey, did you see, remember the couple that didn't kiss? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you see them by the last day? Yes, we talked about them in the episode. Oh, a minute. 
that was gonna be your first. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk to them. No, we just talked about them. We talked about them. We didn't interview. Did them. you yeah, see no. them getting kissed in? The, did you see him getting kissed in the pool? No. No. <gasps> oh, girl. Yes, I walked up with him. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a fucking minute. What is happening here? Okay, we're the going pool? there. <laughs> what is happening here in the pool? And it was another couple who wasn't in the seminar. But there were another one of the couples that was in the seminar, but another couple who was not in the seminar who they had been chatting with. And the girl was like, listen to the girl in the seminar, just get it over with and let's see how you react. Let me kiss him and you watch and let's see what happens. And she was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and I walked up on the I'm like, get in his pool. <laughs> <laughs> so he got his first kiss and I'm like, how do you feel? To the girl who didn't. How did she feel? She was like, actually, I didn't feel anything. It's, it was kind of hot. <laughs> Wait till you see the rest of it. Then it's that's hot, girl. Too. Who are you telling? Yeah. And so <laughs> that last night, we all ended up talking outside of the playroom, and I was I was you know getting on him. I thought I was going to be your first, and I wanted to be the first one that kisses you. Damn it! I can't believe I missed that shit and she was like well you know if you want to kiss him i'm like you want me to kiss you <laughs> he's like fuck you i'm like wait let me let me get a mint i just had french fries you know? let me get a mint. <laughs> just had some french fries with some habanero sauce let me get a mint girl i laid a kiss on him <laughs> i laid a kiss on him as if we were bucket naked <laughs> i love it that's amazing and i was like thank you I'm going to my I'm going to my room now. I'm going to my room to blow it myself now. I'll be right back. Oh yeah. no, I need it all the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they she made a lot of progress. Mm. She did a lot of work over the last over the four days. A lot. Yeah. 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 And I have I have talked to her. So I've I've like not on the podcast, but I've I've talked sure, to her sure. privately. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Mm. And she it's said that too. Nice. She said that too, that she really appreciated us being in in the in the workshops with with you and with them because it was she said it was really helpful to hear other people's um experiences and things like that yeah yeah and a few people said based on the couple that were having the most challenges and the tears they were like glad we saw that we're gonna fix our shit before we get there <laughs> good idea ideally yes yes yeah for sure mm -hmm. so now i'd like to get to the fun part yes can you please talk to us about your spanking seminar. Mm. Did you see that? Yes, yeah. we did. Oh, yeah, we had firm receipts. <laughs> we watched the whole thing. Yep. So the spanking seminar is an erotic spanking. It's not necessarily BDSM, but it's, to, it's designed to show people how to incorporate spanking into their sex life. It, it can be hard. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. It teaches people how not to hit from way up in Canada all the way down to Texas. We talk about the anatomy of the body, you know, where to hit, where not to hit. And um, the difference is a little bit of spanking men or women. And because especially if you're spanking a man, you have to be careful because they have low hanging fruit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, that can hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if, if you, you start to use implements like mm -hmm. things that could wrap like a whip or mm -hmm. a bull whip or, mm -hmm. um, you know, or even a paddle. You just have to be careful where you're hitting. And, uh, and, and it can be very erotic. It can be stress relieving. It can be therapeutic. It's great. You can use it for role playing. 
as well. And I didn't even realize I liked spanking until I was I met this poly BDSM, poly kinky guy, a, a white guy, and he took me to a kink party on one of our few dates. But he was, what do you call it? He was a shit. There's not a real name for him. I'm going to make up a thing. He was one of those airy poly people. <laughs> There's no such thing as airy poly. Meaning that all the planets had to be aligned in order to have sex. Coming from the swinger world, I'm like, I like you. You like me. When are we fucking? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the moon and stars to be aligned. If we, if I feel, if I'm fucking hot for you and you're hot for me, I'm like, what when are we, are we doing for? the targeted, 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 you know? And he was waiting for some alignment. So, but anyway, he took me to this pink party and he spanked me. And it was so fucking, first of all, he was hot as fuck. It was so hot for me. And I'm like, oh, I have got to learn to do this because it was so sexy, you know, because there was deep kisses and, and pinches and scratches. So I've incorporated all of that and really nice, sexy words in the ear. So what a person likes to hear, like, I don't like to hear, you know, are you a bad girl? Oh, I'm a fucking sex goddess. No, I'm not. Don't, don't, I'm not a bad girl. You know, who, don't, don't talk to me that way. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and no, I'm not your slut or your bitch or your whore. I'm your goddess. Yeah. Just because I'm bottoming for you, don't don't get it twisted. And so I actually went to a kink weekend. There's a book that I have on my site called Spanking for Lovers by Janet Hardy. And so my seminars kind of takes from her book and I got permission from her to use that title and I kind of tagged on to it. And then I went to a spanking conference up in New Hampshire and just so I could take this this Dom spanking class so I could see how he did it. And then I added my own twist. So I've been doing the spanking for about five or six years now. It's 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 extremely sexy for me to do. I get so excited because I'm a bit sadistic. I also discovered <laughs> doing the spanking and sometimes it's difficult not to kiss the person I'm spanking. <laughs> and, uh, and I keep telling myself, don't kiss this person. You didn't consent. Don't kiss them in the middle of the seminar. Don't do it. Don't. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun and people tend to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. So we enjoyed that for a couple of reasons. One, it was by the pool. So we, every, everybody was, was there and we got to, yeah. got to see that. And second of all, I really, really appreciated the handout, which I still have, by the way, that was like Great. the one thing that I brought home <laughs> with me <laughs> was the handout. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> other, other, other than your memories. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, I think that was very helpful. I think a lot of people, it was nice to be out by the pool because even if people weren't kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to go to this seminar, they were in it, whether they knew or not, whether they wanted to be or right. not. So, and I think it was, it was just an interesting thing to have everybody around and it made it even more, it was cool for your volunteers to be yeah. demonstrated on in front of everybody. And th there was kind of a nice little exhibitionist twist to that one, which I, I appreciate because I'm, I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist myself. So that was kind of, yes, kinda it's cool. always, you can always get an exhibitionist to volunteer to get their ass spanked. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I did the uh, sex expo, which is a non-lifestyle expo, you know, it's a regular expo, but mm -hmm. all based on sex positive, this, that, and the other. And I've got some cam girls in New York. I think it was my third or fourth year there. And my daughter came to help out. So, so, so she'll be 27. So she was 24, I guess. And I said, I need you to take some pictures. So, you know, this had been advertised. People, I'd been there before. 
we had about 150, 200 people in this room, standing room only. And so I go to the top, and, you know, there's like a little bit of a platform. I'm, I'm above people and I have the spanking bench and I'm like, I need a bottom for the class, you know, and all these hands shoot up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Now you, you, your whole ass needs to be out up here. Almost all the hands went down <laughs> except for this, except for this, this, this good looking, really good looking white guy. He was like, his hand was up and he was like pointing to his face like, I'm your guy. I'm like, okay, so come on. So he comes up and I start with the pants, so I on some jeans, start with the jeans on and I give out the handout, you know, when we do the spanking. And then I'm like, stand up. And I'm like, I need you to take your pants off. And he goes, yes, goddess, would you like them down or would you like them off? <laughs> off, please. <laughs> and he takes them off and I go, in the underwear too. He goes, yes, goddess, would you like them down or would you like them off? I'm like, I would like them off. And this man takes like, so he's standing there, butt fucking naked dick swinging in the wind in front of like 200 people. And he bends over that fucking thing. And I, I'll send you a picture. I got a picture of how I wore that ass out. <laughs> <laughs> wore that ass out. And then I, I, I didn't have a head mic. So I had another guy come up and hold the mic and just followed me around the stage. <laughs> and, you know, when I kind of lifted the head, I, I was talking to myself like, don't kiss him, don't kiss him, don't you kiss him. Because he was so goddamn sexy, you know, they had like long shoulder length hair. So I threw his head down. And uh, so we finished and he stood up. And in my, the photographer for the expo is taking pictures and he sees my daughter taking pictures. He's like, oh, do you know the speaker? She goes, yeah, it's my mom. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> he goes mom? He goes, yeah. That, that photographer was Dwayne, who was a photographer at LLV. Uh -huh. That's how I met Dwayne. I ah. met him at the sex expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like four years ago. Wow. And we've been kind of hanging out and following each other around the world since. So, so yeah, I, it's just, it's a fun seminar. I do that one and I do the, um, when your hips don't lie, all sex positions, sex positions for all body types. I do that full side mm. as well, using the different liberated sex pillows. So I get to come up and, you know, I have people come up and I do the different, you know, sex positions on them and you know sitting on top of them them sitting on me straddling faces and getting couples up and that kind of thing so that's a fun one too so oh see i'm sad that wasn't on the agenda that would have been fun <laughs> yeah. yeah i did that one last year poolside so we try to switch up you know a few things here and there and so you mentioned that the miami event is like party 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 mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. with the same organizers do they do ones that are not party all the time or is that their brand is just a giant party all the time in different locations i mean it is a party all the time but so like the more higher end cruises you're going to have an, a little bit of an, a more older crowd mm -hmm. because of the price point they still party but not all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> because they're you know, they're like we've been partying for like you know <laughs> you know some of the couples have been in the lifestyle like 20 years they're like listen we have seen and done it all. Let's go to a workshop, you know, let's, let's mm -hmm. do a seminar. Let's do something new. Mm -hmm. So on the cruises, you have a, a, a little bit of an older crowd, mostly because of the price point. But Miami is meant to be a party, party, party. Mm -hmm. When they did the LLV takeover, it was the same. Just party, 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 party. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I do the same amount of energy, whether I got three people or, or 120 people. Mm -hmm. Because for me, anyone that gets up out of the pool, and comes to hear me say anything, it's something that they're very interested in. And if I can help one person, two couples, 200 couples, it's all the same. Yeah, it's, it's all the same. I'm just there to help whoever 
wants the information, you know, and, and it's good, you know, it's, it's just, it, even to hear your feedback, you know, and you guys have been in for a while and you've, so to know that I was able to even offer, you know, a couple of tidbits that made you go, hmm, haven't thought of that. So that, that it, it's all worth it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, you, you really, you really made when, when we were talking about boundaries and things like that, and you talked about borders versus boundaries. And I think it was, it was really important to think about is not just setting, setting those things, but really thinking about why you're doing mm. that. Mm. And the kissing, the kissing boundary was a perfect example. That is a boundary set out of fear mm-hmm. and unknown. Mm-hmm. And the encouragement of, well, you know, I think a lot of times in monogamous couples, if something hurts or if something is like, oh, then that's it's over, right? Yeah. It's it's a catastrophic event for that relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think in in these more open type relationships, there is room for experimentation to to try something and go, yeah, let's not do that again. Like it's not right. It's 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 just a conversation where you go, mm, you know what? Not a huge fan. I, I don't think I want to do that again. And you go, OK, yeah. and you move forward. And, and then there's a forward. reason for that boundary. It's like, yes, now I have this boundary because that made me feel icky. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Or I didn't yeah. like to see that. Or that made me feel a certain way. And maybe you have a conversation about that. Why do you feel that way? Let's peel the onion a little bit. Yeah. And I, I think that was a, a really important part of it's not just about having the courage to set boundaries because that's like buzz language right now is all mm-hmm. about setting boundaries. But let's go a little bit deeper than that. And where it's not just your feelings that you're taking into account, it's your partner's feelings that you're taking into account and their autonomy. Let's have a conversation about why is that important to you? What is it that you're afraid of? What are you afraid yeah. that's going to happen? And you did that with that couple. It's like, what do you think is going to happen if they kiss someone? Yeah. yeah. Like the spending the night. Mm-hmm. When I gave like the example spending of spending the, the night. And I'm like, you know, when, as I said to my, my other partner's, you know, wife, you know, because she was like, I, I just think it's too intimate. intimate. And I'm like, you realize he eats my pussy and I suck his dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you don't think that's intimate? I mean... And that's why I started asking people, what's more intimate, spending the night or oral sex, you know? And 90% of the people that I ask say, spending the spending night. Spending the night. You know? And I think it was that couple, she or somebody was saying, oh, it might be my girl, somebody, I don't know, somebody. And she was saying that, well, the vulnerability of spending the night with someone like, I'm going to lay down with somebody I barely know and close my eyes and be asleep. Mm-hmm. It's more about being vulnerable. Like, what is this person going to, you know, kill me in my sleep? I'm like, Damn, I hadn't thought of that. But I'm like, but I'm like, but maybe I'm talking about myself now. You know, when we were single and kind of having hookups and we were only dating somebody for a very short while, you know, if we were fucking them within the first month or three, a lot of times we were spending the night. And we didn't still really know these people. But suddenly now that we're, you know, married or partnered, we're like, oh no, it's just, it's just too, you know, I'm too vulnerable. Like, people just spend a night with you barely fucking knew is or is it or is that just me <laughs> maybe it was no nope, that's that's a great point though right it's a great point you can spend the night with someone and wake up and oh look i'm still not in love with you like it's fine right. like it, right <laughs> it's fine would you like a cup of coffee fuck what was his name <laughs> shit hey boo yeah. would you like some coffee hey listen i've been in the middle of writing target it target it target it target 
I'm Taylor, and your name is? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> nice. <What>? I'm Taylor. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And your name is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, this is good. This is fun. Go, literally, because I, listen, I forgot. <laughs> 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 so I figured might as well ask now while he was vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that's a nice segue to another question. Can you tell can you tell us what's like the craziest thing that you've ever witnessed on one of these in one of these experiences? Hmm. Jesus. The craziest thing I've witnessed? Well, that's subjective, right? So there's there's good crazy and there's not good crazy. And I, I don't know if either one or one of each. Well, one I didn't witness, but it, it went rampant through the ship so quickly. I might as well have been there Oof. because the ship had just, and this was not an LOV event. This was on a, before Bliss, this was couples cruise. So this was probably eight, nine years ago. We had taken off from the port. We had only been out a half an hour and then the boat started backing up and went back because a couple had gotten into a fight. The wife had broken a bottle and slit her husband's face and neck. <laughs> yeah, you don't want those people on the cruise. Well, they had to take him back because he was going to bleed out. I mean, he needed like to go to the hospital, hospital. So we had to go back to port. They put them both off the ship. And I'm like, you know, they're like, well, she was so jealous. I'm like, no, 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 no. She has told his ass and told his ass <laughs> and told his ass and fucking told his ass to stop whatever the fuck it was he was doing. And he fucking did it again. And she was like, I'm just sick of this shit. You won't learn. And I'm like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like the craziest thing I heard of. Like, fuck. That's, I didn't that's witness crazy. that. That's but bad, it, yeah. it went, it was like wildfire through the ship. And then yeah, the, that's, plus we that's... went back to port. And you could like look over the deck and see the ambulance picking this man up. Wow. So that was, it's been so many crazy things though. Jesus. But that was like crazy, not good. There used to be a couple that used to have events that was always having like, Right on the cruise, they were. This was not also an LLV. They were always having. They would rent like three suites connected to each other, or them and the team would had like three suites connected to each other, and they would have these private parties in the middle of the afternoon, and he would just walk around and flip people the number to these private orgies during the day, mm. and he was like, "Taylor, you need to come to the party." So I have my. This is no one's rule but my own. I don't play with the clients, right? And so I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna come, but I'm just gonna like drop off some samples because I'm always, you know, I'm always making my money. Always be closing. <laughs> always fucking be closing. So I walk into the suite and realize that it's three fucking suites and there's like 150 people everywhere. And they're like, hey, hey girl, come here. I'm like, no, no, I'm not here for the party. I'm just here to drop off some condoms and loot. Swing by the table. Wait, what's <laughs> going on in here? And I walked into the, the last suite and there was a girl and that was the first time I witnessed an airtight. A what? Airtight? That's, uh, that's, that's all so, orifices. So she's sitting on one guy. She's got her dick in the pussy. One guy's behind her with a dick in her ass. Another guy's standing up and she's got a dick in her mouth. And I'm like, shit, girl. And then someone's like, can someone record this for later? 400 phones came out. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get this. Every I think I just literally erased that from my phone a minute ago, like a month ago. I've had it for like nine years. <laughs> and I'm like, 
girl. Shit. She went to work. Girl. Yeah, Bravo. Yeah, right. Slow clap for Bravo. her. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. I had never seen an airtight. I had heard about it. You know, and she was. I was today working. years old when I found out about airtight. I... <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. All three. Dick and the guy who was fucking her from behind had a big old dick. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. Uh uh. Uh uh. Call me later, though. But I just. <laughs> 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 so that was that was the first time I saw that. That was fun. Yeah. There was a game I did play on one of the cruises called Whose Dick Is That in My Mouth? <laughs> you had to be well, blindfolded and guess. You blindfold you, yeah. And you just try. So you have somebody there who you already know. Yeah. Whose dick has been in your mouth. And then all the other guys put the dick in their mouth so you can see if you know whose dick that is. <laughs> it's, that's the most fun lineup ever. Don't know that one. Don't know. No, that's my guy. <laughs> Did you guess right? Yes, I guessed right. I ain't had that many dicks in my mouth. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know the mother dicks. None of them had been in my mouth, well, you know, <laughs> so to speak. But my personal craziest day was the day of seven showers. Day of seven showers. Sounds yes. ominous. Yes. Yes. That was so. I got up in the morning. So this is before I had launched Organic Loving. Got up in the morning. Took a shower, went out to the pool deck, was having a good time, met this couple who had we've been flirting with, and they were like, you should come back to our cabin. I'm like, okay. So I went back to the cabin with them and had some fun, and then I finished. I took a shower. And then <laughs> I went back out to the pool deck, was hanging around, and there was this guy who we've been flirting with, and he was like, we should go to the playroom. Okay. So I went to the playroom with him, and I had some fun, and then I took a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then later on in that night after dinner, the couple I had saw earlier during the day and played with said, you should be our dessert. I'm like, okay. So I went back to the room with them and took a shower. I played with them and then I took a shower, right? And then I went out to the disco and hung out and had a good time. And then I met this other guy and then, and then I played with him. And after that, of course, then I... Took a shower. <laughs> that was six. <laughs> I went back to the disco, met with somebody else, had one more nightcap, and then I took a shower. <laughs> it's a busy day. It's a fun day. That, yeah, that was the only. That was the one and only time I had that kind of day. I've had that kind of week, but never that kind of day. You must and, have slept like a baby after that, girl. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it was spread out over the course of like between 9 a.m. and like 3 a.m. Right. So, I mean, there was time in between. There was lunch. There was dinner. There was breakfast. And it was swinger sex. You know, swinger there sex. There you go. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it's for. It's taggata, 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 taggata. Thank you. You know, it's not it's like, it. you know, it's swinger sex. Swinger sex is, it's short. It's not like when you're with your partner and it's two, yeah, three that's hours. Different. Yeah. You know. Wait, here's a question for you. Okay. If sex starts at 9 p.m., what time should it be over? When both, what, when all interested parties are satisfied. Are done. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I saw it posted someplace and some of the women were like 9.15. I'm like, the fuck? It depends. Listen, we were just, we were just talking about this yesterday. I love how you're interviewing us too, by the way. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) Nobody ever cares about it. (laughs) Nobody ever cares about our shit. Um, We were talking about, I'm actually very impressed with 
his ability to observe like some kind of internal clock. So, so like we, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge morning sex person. I love, I love starting my day out like that. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, what an amazing way to connect before the world comes crashing in and everybody has to go running off and do their own thing. But we don't always have tons of time in the morning. Right. So I think a lot of times, I think especially women, if they don't have time for the full thing, it's, Mm. it's nothing. Right. That like, it's like, well, we don't have time for like the whole thing and we got to go soon. So no. And I'm just like, well, I'm just letting you, you have this much time. So wherever we get to in that time, Yes. I'm, I'm good. Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. And it's amazing how like when we have all the time, it takes more time. And when we only have 20 minutes, it takes 20 minutes and everybody's happy and it's, and yes, and it's fine. And I think having that, having that connection and that contact and that sensuality and that intimacy, even if, and I think that's what happens when you deprioritize orgasm as the goal. Like it's, it's great. It's great. If it happens, that's awesome. But you know what, if it doesn't, it's just a little buildup for next time. Yes. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. These women were not saying that they were, they were fucking saying 15 minutes on hand me, sir. And I'm like, these are grounds for fucking divorce. I'd like to link the sex with your partner as like a menu, right? Because sometimes you only have time for an appetizer, right? Sometimes you have time for an appetizer and entree. Sometimes you have the appetizer, entree, and dessert. And sometimes you have the appetizer, the entree, dessert. We'll have a little cognac afterwards, you know? And, you mm-hmm. know so, you, so you kind of mix it up a little bit. But I'm with you. I love morning sex. But I also love afternoon sex. I love after dinner sex. I love midnight sex. I love 3 a.m. sex. That because we have to get up, if we wake up at 3 a.m., let's have sex until 6 a.m. so that we get the three hours in and then, <laughs> and then go to work. But, you know. Trying to find someone to keep up like that nowadays. That's why you need the the six showers because it's that it takes yeah. takes. That's what it takes to keep up with you. It's, it's, <laughs> this is why I want three boyfriends. This is why I need three boyfriends. You know. So, but I'm looking for three. I, I'm you know I'm I'm interviewing. I'm taking applications because everybody doesn't have to be that way. You know. Right. That's everybody right. Can, everybody has to. You know. You'll have somebody that's good for the morning and somebody that's good for the three hours and some that's like you you want tequila yeah let's go have tequila and salsa oopsie so that'll go. work perfectly fine so yeah i got one more question yes sir so on the cruises you talk about the playrooms that mm-hmm. that so it sounds like the playroom was utilized every time we took a uh, look around the miami playroom mm-hmm. it seemed very empty and I'm just wondering. What time were you there? <laughs> uh, we tried a couple of different times. This is my question. Like I, I don't probably, know. Probably like any, like anytime we saw the dance floor start to dwindle, we yeah. would go and look, and we right. didn't see as many people as we expected to see. Playrooms are when you have a lot of when you have a lot of people that know each other, and a lot of people there know each other, right? Because yeah. a lot of them are regular LOV clients, and then you had a lot of people that lived there in Miami, mm-hmm. they they go to their rooms. That's what we figured was happening. Yeah, they go they go to their rooms. And so the playroom sometimes is, is where people start off and then they go to their room. Mm. So when you're swinging by, you you just miss like four couples in the playroom. Right. And it was, so it's there for the convenience of people to 
get started to say either this is good, this is all I need from you, or we need to get some serious shit in. This shit ain't this. People don't need to see what we about to do because it's about to get. This is about to get some devilish shit. We're about to do it. <laughs> this is about to be some devilish shit. We don't need to. The debauchery is going to get real. We need to take this to some fuck. We need, yeah, because this is going to go a long time. So we'll let, we'll let the playroom be so other people can use it. Right. Because this shit's about to get deep, deep down and dirty. Well, because like <laughs> so, we're both voyeurs, but we're also exhibitionists as well. So. Yeah. A full playroom or a playroom that is being utilized is more fun for us than an empty space. Because if we wanted yeah, an empty so space, you could find that, a bedroom, right? Like if you go to Naughty in New Orleans, right? And yeah, and also you're gonna find more people in the playroom. The bigger, the bigger the event, mm. and the you know. So I, because after I left you guys, I was supposed to come home to Cancun. I did come home to Cancun. I landed. My phone rang, and it was producers of the event in Atlanta saying, hey, did your son and his wife have the baby? Yeah. Oh, so you're coming to Atlanta. Dude, I'm waiting for my shuttle. I'm in Cancun. No, no, we need you to come here to do your seminars. I, Because I, I, I had already told him I wasn't coming. Right. I need somebody to watch my dog. We'll call you back in two hours. We got your airline ticket. We'll see you there tomorrow. And so I left. Wow. So that event had about 240 couples. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. And about 100. So they had and about 150 uh, day passes, day night passes. So you had about 600 people there now. And they had one, two, three, five playrooms wow. and a dungeon. And the hotel we were staying at in Miami kind of had suites, you know, the rooms were mm -hmm. big. Mm -hmm. So you had room to have six people come in, you know, whereas this hotel was like a, a double tree. Everybody just had like a standard room mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and the playrooms were huge. So there were lots of people in the playroom. So it just right. depends on the configuration of the event. The Nadia New Orleans, where you have 2,500 people at that event and spread over two hotels, the, you know, they have a, a whole floor, which is playroom after playroom after playroom of different sizes. Same thing on the Bliss Cruise, where you have a room that'll hold 800 people. Wow. And there's like several playrooms because you got 4,000 people on the ship. So, you know, you go from the playroom to the dungeon, to the playroom, to the dungeon, from the playroom, to the playroom, to the play, you know, there's a dark room where the blackout room is completely dark. You see nothing. It is jet black. Like nothing. Like you can't see your hand in front of you. I'm like, That's I'm not going in there. Terrifying. <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh, no. Not. Some people love it. They don't, you don't know who you're fucking. No, it, no. They <laughs> absolutely. He's like, I'm sorry. He's putting his hands over his eyes like a no, boy. Like, no, look, don't make me, don't make me do it. I'm a product of sex ed in the '90s, where like <laughs> we were all told we were going to die if we got any STI. Oh and, yeah. And the idea of being in a blackout room where I have no idea who or what I'm fucking—it's just just don't kiss anybody. <laughs> don't. Yeah, that's the problem: is the kissing. <laughs> You know, just make sure your condom stays on. You'll be good. You'll be good. You know, I like, I'm like, mm -mm. and then they, you know, some of the other places, they have the chocolate room. Pardon? It's a bit racist. Okay. <laughs> but, it's not the food. It's. No. So the number one category of porn in the U.S. is interracial porn. Black men with white women. It's mm -hmm. the number one black men with white women mm -hmm. with white women. Yeah, it's the number one porn. So you have, you know, Bob and Susie Q 
from Oregon who've never been raised around black folks who watch this porn and fetishize and somebody had the fantastic idea to have a make a whole room a whole room of black men with big dicks that couples could come down and fuck mostly i mean black couples go down too but it's mostly white couples white women and i know and the dudes were okay with this they're like i'm getting fucked it doesn't matter like fetishize me uh, there that's one thought process the other process is i get to fuck a bunch of white women any way i want the other process is hey i, I get a free trip i get to fuck a lot i get to fuck a lot and 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 the other and the other ones are that's right i'm your fucking king <laughs> on your knees bitch <laughs> that leads me to one more question it's your podcast we can go as long as you want <laughs> <laughs> i was very curious about the staff the llv staff so not the staff of the hotel because i talked to them yes, yes. And, and they were all like we had to have meeting after meeting after meeting and nda yeah. and and waivers yeah. and all the yeah. shit right because it's very private yes and i mean she they had mentioned that there was a porn convention there the week before at the hotel, uh, at the hotel. Was there. yeah i was there oh, yeah. Really? yeah next is yeah so they're just like yeah you just have to keep your eyes up <laughs> I, I wasn't at the conference i mean at the conference but i was i had come at the last day to meet with one of my uh wholesalers one of my distributors was there uh, okay <laughs> so so I was curious, but I was curious about the LLV staff. They have their own sort of entertainment staff. They have their own yeah. security staff and all that yes. kind of stuff. Like, is there a written or unwritten rule about them fucking guests or can they do whatever they want? Well, yes, within within reason, because, it, you know, because like I said, I started off as LLV staff before I launched right. Organic Loving. And yeah, I mean, it is a swinger event. Everybody is an adult. But, you know, the, the number one rule is no, no duty, you know, booty while on duty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, within reason, because you still, as a staff, you still represent LLV. Yeah. And it's a very intimate setting. And, you know, you don't want to be like, yeah, I can fuck you, but I can't fuck you. So it, it's all within reason. And then we all have our own NDAs. We all have our own contracts that we have to sign for LLV with regards to what we do and don't do and how we you know, do it within discretion because, you know, people, you know, swinger events cost what they cost because people pay for their privacy. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a very vulnerable situation for people to be in. And, and so LOV is very careful with the staff that they choose, which is, which I can say for, I've been, like I said, LOV, Naughty New Orleans, Bliss Cruise, Couples Cruise, Friction Parties, Cassidy, Splash Takeovers. I've been through many of the events and they all pretty much have that same standard and you for the most part you get one opportunity to fuck up and you're cut from the staff you know what i mean mm -hmm. so we they we look for staff that knows how to handle their liquor you know isn't it you know isn't strung out on drugs you're mm. looking for people that are calm and not quick to temper it and it's for the most part it is a rare rare incident and i've been in the lifestyle personally 15 years working in the community over 10 years now it is a rare rare incident where there is an issue where the security has to come in break up a fight you know what i mean you have issues where the husband and wife you know might have challenges like that woman I talked about on the crew. That's the, in, in 15 years, that's the only time I've heard anything, anything like that happening where some wife and a husband got into like a fisticuffs. You know, there's somebody's, you know, someone's had too much to drink. You're like, you, you escort them to their room. 
you know, or somebody gets a little too touchy feely mm. and you escort them to their room. <laughs> but for the most part, in all of these years, people are there to have a good damn time. You know, it's like, listen, we're here for a good time, not a long time. You know, we only get to do this. Some people once a year, mm. you know, they get away for their kids. Once They're not there to fight. They're there to fuck, make friends and fuck some more, you know, and, and then of course, have good experiences. So, you know, you want the staff to be able to introduce people to people and find out who likes what, meaning not sexually, but like Bob and Sue, they're from Oregon. Oh my God, do you know, you know, Tom and Pam, they're from Oregon. You guys should connect. So that is kind of what the staff is there to do, just to kind of make sure people are having a good time. You know, even the seminars, no matter how many or few people attend, those people had a good experience. Right. And they'll tell other people, like I went to Taylor seminar and it was a good experience. And I met really nice people. I met Beatrice and Dante, you know, at the seminar. And then we hung out after that for drinks and we had dinner together. So that's really the purpose. And, you know, if you meet someone and have a good fucking time, that just makes it even better. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, to be around like-minded people, you know, maybe be naked for the first time or the 497th and 60th second time <laughs> and you know and lov especially with their cruises they're always trying to give a new experience right which is why their cruises go everywhere you know they're like in 10 years i have cruised with them from athens greece to istanbul turkey stockholm sweden to amsterdam i have cruised with them from rome italy to barcelona spain Rio de Janeiro, actually spending doing New Year's Eve in Rio de Janeiro. Wow, nice. With a big, with a, we had the host hotel on Copacabana Beach where 2 million people are on the beach dressed in white. Mm -hmm. And we had like 200 couples come down. So we were like in Rio for like three nights. And, and then we cruised from Rio to Argentina. Mm. We've cruised Alaska. Uh, last year we did the, French Polynesian islands, Bora, uh, Bora Bora, Maria, Polynesia. And then we also cruise Tahiti in the fall. So, it, you know, in this coming, you guys should come with us in October. We're doing um, Puerto Vallada with stops in Acapulco, Nicaragua, and finishing in Costa Rica. That'd be a, that'd be a nice cruise. That would be a nice cruise. Yes. Something to think about. <laughs> Come with us. It's going to be a good, good time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, there's lots of reasons to do these events. They they do uh, take over in Cap Dodge. And this, have you been to Cap in the south of France? Was this the place you were talking about where like everybody's naked all the time? Yeah, it's a it's a nudist village. Forget that girl. Listen, it's the most <laughs> debaucherous shit. I'm fucking telling you. I love that place. You have got to go to if you you put that on your list. If you do nothing else next year, you go to Cap. I don't care if you go no foot. You go to Cap Dodge. <laughs> right, we'll talk about that one okay all right <laughs> listen thank you so much for chatting with us today it was so nice to see you again and hear thank your you. take and and where you where you come from and and how you got to where you are today yeah i'm 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 gonna encourage all of our listeners to please go to either your instagram or your website and check it out because it's amazing i'll put all the links in yeah ah thank you thank wait do we need to give your listeners like a discount Order. Sure, if you want to. I mean, shit. Wait, we, can... we need to give them something they can remember. Okay. Uh, how about how about uh, cheating twenty? The number twenty. 
Cheating 20. I love it. Yeah, sounds and good. And then we'll- they'll get 20. When, when do you think the podcast will air? It'll, uh, it'll air on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, so we'll make it active uh, for Wednesday. And uh, it'll be good for like, you know, a week. And they'll get 20% off anything that they purchase except for the trips. So they can use it for books or toys. Everybody hear that? You go go to the website, Organic yeah. Women, within the next week. And you put in Cheating 20 and you will get a nice discount on all the amazing organic yeah lubes and condoms and all kinds condoms even, all the, the even they can use it for the courses the course the courses i, I taught are also available in digital download oh, oh amazing cool. yeah cool. yeah and the oh, book too. too the book that just came out yes an african-american guide to ethical nomin you don't have to be african-american to read it <laughs> no but it helps <laughs> well it helps but the, the, the african-american part covers the history of african-americans yeah the history of african-american marriage in our country Mm. Um, so you'll learn, you'll learn something about that. And they'll, the, it also covers uh, African-American sexual stereotypes. Mm. Yeah. That's so big the, too. Like the chocolate room. Like the chocolate room. And so otherwise it talks about all of the different love styles and which love style is best for you under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy. It talks about communications, borders versus boundaries, privacy versus secrecy. And there's re- and lots of resources in there as well. So Sounds like is. a great resource for everybody that's looking into this or is even in a non-monogamous relationship and yes. wanting to see how are we doing? Where, what do we need to learn still? So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I thank so you. enjoyed this. It was great. We it did too. It was a lot of fun to catch up. Yes. We'll speak to you soon. Mwah. 